0: These are testing times for Manchester United content creators, Rich. I mean, when, when was the last time United were this boring? Is it second season LBG again that the first year we actually started doing this show?
1: Yeah, I guess it must be. That, 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 that Those halcyon days when we scored like one first half goal at Old Trafford in about four months. Obviously, we'll talk about this. I think we just look like a team that's run out of steam, which all of the top sides
0: seem to have done. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's Red Voice. His apologies for the slight delay in this week's episode, but as United decide to keep drawing nil nil three times in the space of the last uh, eight days, I think it seemed like a really a relative time to take stock of what's actually going on at Manchester United. So you got me, you and Lennart and him, Richard can to discuss these recent draws, where United are going and what's going to happen for the rest of this month, considering that we have five games left on the calendar and very little left in the tank. But before all that, Richard,
1: how are you? Have you got plenty in your tank at the minute? Um, I'm ready for bed. Not a euphemism. No, not not well, Not a euphemism. No, I, I can't. bother. Lots of people are really angry about tonight. And I can't. I can't really be bothered. It wasn't. I think there's a lot of mitigation and there's stuff we know anyway. And and here's what it is. Now I think anger in this sense. I didn't get it
0: from watching that game. I think I was more frustrated on Sunday. Against the nil nil against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge, purely because we probably should have won that game with uh, the McTominay chance that and well the McTominay break and pass that was just completely fluffed up, because that was the best opening that any team had had throughout the entirety of ninety minutes, and our low quality really hit home there quite strongly, and it's unfortunate. Um, I think the whole week has been quite unfortunate ever since the the nil nil against Sociedad. I mean. It's not even that much to pull out of that game in particular. I mean, all the if we're going to go back to that Europa League uh, last thirty two second leg, what to pull out of it? I mean, United have done all the hard work. Dan James can see that first half penalty, and it was wonderfully hit over the bar. And Dean Henderson not necessarily troubled that much. Um, Axel Tuanzevi had a had a, his first United senior goal chalked off quite rightly for the fact that Vin- Victor Lindelof was flying through the air with his knee and managed to hit yeah. someone on the head with it. Um, I mean, side note. Seeing disagreements about that was genuinely remarkable. Like whether or not he meant to do it is kind of irrelevant. He's literally flown through the air with his knee out in front of him and smacked someone's head with it.
1: Yeah, I mean, his most of his body was above was above shoulder height, wasn't it? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, straight. I don't even know. Like what a perfectly he was, guided doing, Swedish honest. arrow. He was. I, we'd, I'd have loved to 0 to get that goal, but it it was a foul. I, I actually quite enjoyed that game, um, just because I guess part of it's the pressure being off, but. You know, we made a few changes and, and it was just kind of... It looked like Saucy Dad put out pretty close to their best team. They clearly wanted to sort of salvage some pride from it. So they were really, really giving it a go. And I thought I thought United did all right with the changes and it was just a case of getting through the game. But Again, I think it's a sign of the, the times and changes in expectation that lots of people are even angry after that game as well.
0: Well, considering how you lauded the 4-0 in the first leg I think it seemed pretty trite to moan about drawing the second leg 0-0 all the hard work was done in Turin right you know we scored four away goals and that was a chance for United to ease their way into a match and considering how packed the schedule is and how many big games are still to come between now and the end of May I can't begrudge them taking their foot off the gas a little bit in that game if you're talking about it in isolation I guess the problem is is that it's come in the middle of a period where United are really struggling for fluency chance creation and goals so perhaps patience for another nil nil was quite low which is a shame because we've always had to get used to that scoreline quite a lot at the minute um, leading into the game on Sunday at Stamford Bridge now Chelsea earlier on this season at home was in some ways similar to what we saw at the weekend but United are at least more more willing to be on the front foot and carved out a few better openings and had a few half decent chances I think you know it's not rocket science and it's something that we've we've spoken about plenty in Solskjaer's sort of Response to getting beaten 6 1 at home to Spurs earlier on in the season is that we've been a lot more cautious and defensive first when it comes to playing against teams, you know, who you describe as the bigger games, you know, your Arsenal's, Chelsea, Liverpool, even though obviously for Arsenal it feels quite trite to be adding them into the equation at this stage. But we've been a lot less, we've been far more cautious in some ways than perhaps we needed to be, especially over the last couple of months. And, And a game like Chelsea. Again, in isolation, not necessarily a bad result and not a bad point. But I guess given that you would say over the balance of play, United probably created the better openings. And in in particular with that break towards the end where McTominay just can't find one of three red shirts when United have finally got a little bit of space to play with and finally make use of their great talent, which is stretching teams when they get the opportunity to really run at them. It was just a frustration.
1: I mean, I thought, I thought that... You know, again, people kind of see what they want to see based on a on a result, don't they? Rather than what actually happened in the game. I thought United in the first half, at least, were very, very aggressive and very front foot. And the the difference was essentially that we just didn't have the quality in that in that final third to to break them down. You were talking about United being more conservative in these big games, but I think it's 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 really important to point out that. I think all of our opponents have been incredibly conservative in those games as well if you think about City at Old Trafford this year Pep lost to mm. to to, to Ollie 3 times last year essentially with City trying to play their way and getting getting done on the counter and again Chelsea you know United won at at Stamford Bridge last year and I think um you saw through Lampard and also Tuchel on at the weekend that, that, that in both cases Chelsea were far more conservative than they had been in the in the games uh, last season, and I think that's been a that's oh been, sure yeah <clears throat> that's been a sign, and that's that, that's when you add in the fact that you know if you look at look at the big games last year, Martial scored home away against City. He scored the first goal at um, Chelsea. We had a centre forward who was in in really good form who was making a difference, and and, and we don't mm-hmm. have that now. Martial isn't um, in any sort of form at all, and and obviously Cavani's been out as well, so there are lots of little things that are making a difference. You know, we played Dan James again and <clears throat> I like James. I think he's got a use. I think he's got a purpose in this squad, but he he does lack, you know, the quality in the, in those biggest, biggest moments. And and, and lacking, missing Paul Pogba has been a huge, huge miss. I tweeted earlier on about how, how absolutely enormous Leicester losing James Madison is because it, it, everything goes through him. It, you know, he's that, he's that key that, that, that opens defenses up, and his his absence last year cost them Champions League, and and it's it's costing them now as well. Cost them a lot of points, and United have been, you know, very clearly less um, able to break teams down and less mm. creative without Pogba in the team. And I just do think there was just a lack of a lack of quality in in the final third. That it wasn't that United were conservative; it was just that United. Didn't have the nous to, or that other or that little bit of quality to actually make the most of the, the the occasions when they won the ball back quite regularly in in Chelsea's half. Um, just because United were pressing so high, they really were pressing as high as I've seen them press in a in a big game. For, for a really long time so it really wasn't a conservative approach no no absolutely
0: there was a marked bite to united for good chunks of that game you know the second half didn't start necessarily that well but once united managed to find a little bit of space they actually created some half decent openings and i think the fact that we again looking at the performance in isolation it's not necessarily a bad result and i don't think we failed to turn up in that match i think we were just a little we just weren't as sharp as perhaps we could have done with being and You know, in particular when Stuart Atwell isn't giving penalties for Callum Hudson-Odoi balancing the ball in his hand.
1: I mean, it was a penalty, wasn't it? I mean, let's
0: be honest. Uh, Well, well, yeah. In previous years, without the current handball rule, you would have found it difficult to say that wasn't handball. In the current context of that rule usage and the way it's implemented with uh, VAR in English football, it was... Ridiculous! It made absolutely zero sense as to why the referee didn't give that penalty, and I've no idea what justification there possibly could be for not awarding it. But that shouldn't detract from the fact that United didn't necessarily do enough to have won that game. You know, I think there was there was there were positives. I think Greenwood is still searching his way back into form in terms of finding his goal scoring boots, but at the same time, I think his overall play has improved. I think, as you mentioned there, Dan James has played solidly again and put some really good crosses in in the second half that showed that he is getting. I mean, I'd be conscious of saying that he's improved beyond the need to, or beyond his problem with running down blind alleys and running towards defenders and not being able to actually get a decent delivery in, because I don't think he's eradicated it, but I think he's shown some progression of being able to hit that problem and come up with a solution as opposed to just hitting the wall and not being able to do anything. Mm. Beyond that... Victor thought Lindelof and Maguire and De Gea were all fine. You know, De Gea made a half-decent save from Ziyech, although to be fair, given how close it was to a body when it was struck, I don't think that's necessarily one that should be too highly lauded. Good response, but for a, a keeper of De Gea's stature, he should be saving that nine times out of ten for sure. Yeah. And beyond that, you know, obviously with Chelsea looking more firm for sure, certainly a more competent defensive unit and much less chaotic than they were under Lampard, it wasn't necessarily a bad point to get. But as we see continuation of in the game this evening, United were able to have plenty of the ball and do some good things with it, but not nearly consistently enough and not necessarily enough in terms of being able to really worry a, def- a packed defence. And with the Palace game in particular tonight, it <sighs> we've been speaking about how tired this team looks and plenty of other people have observed and I've rightly observed that this is football in such unorthodox circumstances we're taking a new approach in terms of completely different set of circumstances in terms of mental fatigue physical fatigue and the cost of playing sport at the very highest level and the pressure that that comes with without the interaction with fans without the crowd noise that you get without the typical sort of signposts and events and moments that you typically get when you're playing football to this level and to this standard So there is definitely something missing from the way that you'd normally go about your business. That's clear. And I do think that when it comes to looking at this section of results at a whole, I'm still withhold, I'm still holding on to reservations in terms of how, Solskjaer, how he's going to be able to manage this. I mean, typically what we've seen from Oli, every time he comes up against an obstacle, it never tends to last too long. It might crop up again in another couple of months' time in a new fashion where he comes up against another tactical issue and then we end up having this similar chat again at the moment, I think, because there's such clear fatigue in the team. There's almost uh, too much to mitigate in terms of having a pop at the manager. I mean, I guess the only thing you could potentially say would be looking at over the course of that game the conservative element of the substitutions because it did take Mm. a while for ollie to really make a change and in the last sort of 10-15 minutes of that game the introductions of mctominay and dan james did help us it sped us up a little bit which we really needed
1: yeah i mean i think i think we all accept that one of one of ollie's failings i don't know if i say failings but one of his weaknesses as 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 a coach for some some time has been he doesn't necessarily react early enough in games to changes in flow of games or or a game that's stagnant stagnant he doesn't necessarily move quick enough to to make the changes that can that can change the pattern of the game and I, and I agree again I, do, I think his his subs were left too long I mean not that they made an enormous amount of difference anyway but and, and obviously he's got less to work with I get the impression that Matoma isn't entirely fit which is why he's come off the game off the bench the last two games and if you, you know if you take McTominay out and you've got you put Matic in instead you get a very very different midfield it's one you know Matic is he he does go forward but everything's slowed down there isn't the the mobility in the midfield that <clears throat> they can't snap you know he doesn't snap at players heels in the same way that McTominay does and he's far less likely to get into the box and score a goal or to lash one in from you know 25 yards um you know, I think a lot of things are combining to, to really kind of blunt United at the moment, the lack of Pogba. I think Cavani looked pretty... he didn't look sharp. He didn't look sharp, and I don't think he hasn't looked sharp. I know he's just been out, but even before that, his previous few performances, he hasn't looked as sharp as he did in the early early days when he came came to United and started started getting getting game time. And I think we're just banjaks. I think I think the team is just knackered. And, and <laughs> part of that you could say is all his fault, perhaps because he hasn't rotated as much as he might. But the problem is that when he rotates, the people who come in don't generally do very well. If you think about one of the real success stories of this season, I think you look at Luke Shaw. And, and again, I think Luke Shaw actually had a really good game tonight. His end product is so much better. His confidence is... He, he's driving forward a lot more he's defending better himself different player different player this year but if you take him out and bring Tellez in Tellez is a decent player oh, He's he's been a decent player so far he hasn't done anything terribly wrong but you just lose that that edge on that side you lose that real quality um that Shaw's been Shaw's been offering the alternative players just haven't really stepped up when when they've been selected it's difficult for Ollie. I mean I <clears throat> again a lot of people were complaining about Fernandez starting on last Thursday and I was kind of in two minds about that because he is really struggling to for get again at the moment he looks tired, he, he wasn't in the game again tonight but Sociedad are a really good team Sociedad had gone full strength, near full strength for that game They clearly really wanted to win that game and it goes back to just, just how good a win that was for United in, well not in Spain, in Turin against Sociedad that was an incredible performance because this is a really good team and if you just imagine that that had scored that penalty, you've made a ton of changes. You've got an 18-year-old and a 17-year-old in the team. You run the risk of that team suddenly wobbling and, and kind of losing its bottle a bit. So, I do sympathise with Ollie. I think a stro- I think a stronger criticism is is his in-game management, which is more far more of a problem. But this team looks knackered, and we're not the only one. You know, all of the all of the sides in Europe, particularly. Have suddenly started looking absolutely knackered, and and it's not really surprising, that you know Leicester have completely dropped off to a degree. We're we're getting away with this because they've they're not winning either. Um, Liverpool, we've talked about, have, have have really really struggled for two or three months, um, and Spurs as well. You know they are a good weekend, but they've had a really really inconsistent season. So I think all of those teams have struggled and will continue to struggle because the demands of this season are just beyond anything that anybody has experienced in a football season before and mm. the, I mean you, looking at tonight the, the commentator said during the game that that if at the end of the season Palace would have played 40 matches in the entire season United have already played 42 and we've got you know, <sighs> potentially another 13, 14, 15 left and that's why you're getting West Ham doing so well I mean Everton have got some good players but Everton are also benefiting from the fact that a lot of the teams above them are just knackered.
0: Well, it's the every three to four game role at the minute, isn't it, as well, and particularly for United, which is a problem with playing in the Europa League, is that you do have those extra two games in terms of the extra knockout round if you actually want to do anything in that competition. And yeah. when was the last time an English side was able to cope well with the Sunday-Thursday dynamic and produce consistently well in the league and go far in the Europa League, securing a top four spot? I mean, it, it happens so rarely. I think what Chelsea managed it in their season with Sari when they won it, but that is very much the anomaly in that system. Most of the teams that English teams, anyway, that do well in the Europa League are very rarely unable to manage league form simultaneously in a normal season, let alone this pandemic season. So I do think that or as you're in terms of everything you were saying there, I don't I don't necessarily think we're thinking about this enough when it comes to critiquing the current level of performance. And in particular, as well as you said there, it's not just United that are suffering from a real drop off in form. City are very much an exception when it comes to where they're at, where they're at mentally and physically. And I don't quite know how physically they're in that current state of mind, but regardless, you know, I guess you've mentioned their squad earlier on, but still. You know, it's not exclusive to United in the sense that our football looks drab and slow and low quality and we're making mistakes and we're not creating much. Football at the minute isn't fantastic to watch as a result because, you know, I'm not not saying all across the continent is terrible, but it's clear that this is not just an issue that has been suffered in the Premier League, is it? You know, it's... And it's certainly not one that's solely... Being experienced by United obviously we feel it a lot more tangibly because 10 games ago we were top of the league and 10 games later we've won what three is it well look I mean it's th-
1: dirt think think about it if you it, as you say it's not just it's not just in England that this is happening you know um, Bayern have been you know Bayern are top in Germany but but they've been quite considerably below their standards of last season throughout Dortmund are having a complete shitter of a season it's no surprise in Italy that the Inter are Seemingly, sort of powering away at the top because they're out of Europe. Milan have hit a bit of a wall, and I hope that wall continues next week. Juventus have struggled again for exactly the same reason. Lazio have been flaky. You know, PSG have really struggled this season by their own standards. They've been—they're not—they're not top, and they've—they've they, they've lost a load of games. They—they they lost at home to Monaco. Um, I think it was last last weekend—not this weekend, just gone, but the one before. They're struggling with. With the schedule that we've got, with with the European games, as on top of everything else in a condensed season, you've seen Real Madrid and, and Barcelona are particularly struggling. That they've got their own problems, but they're, they're struggling for consistency. Even Atletico, top of top of that league, got beat at home by Chelsea, and were really very poor in that. Pretty case. average, really, yeah. really average. So, I think I think there is an element of drop off in the quality in those leagues for various reasons. But all of the other big sides in Europe are having the exact same problems that United are having. That's why I can't bring myself to get too angry about it because I think there are really significant mitigations. And it's just it's annoyed me tonight that I've gone on Twitter and I understand people are cross and they're right that it was a terrible performance. But there doesn't seem to be any degree of context that people are seeing. We We are bollocks, but look at everybody else. We're in danger of falling into the trap of Judging this United team and and Oli by the standards of a very, very good winning run, which briefly put us somewhere near the top. And now everybody's expecting, everybody's almost expecting that, that degree of consistency going forward, but... Well I think City's form sort of provides us with something of a false level to look at doesn't
0: it and the reality is is that us and the teams around us below us at the minute are nowhere near that level Liverpool have had a pronounced drop-off. They're the best team in Europe by
1: by mile I think.
0: Yeah yeah I wouldn't disagree I think the form that they've been in lately is remarkable the fact that they've been so consistent and they could go into the 80th minute against Wolves last night and still end up winning 4-1 they've got such mental strength i think that's particularly been a a tenant of this this run they've been on right they've been able to overcome every single challenge that they've got because they've got such tactical flexibility and trust in the system and indeed themselves and such a variety of players with such quality that they're able to keep going until quite late on and also get good chances and score good goals you know they demand to win games, seemingly, in a way that not many other teams in the league, sorry, in the content, let alone the Premier League, manage at the minute. And comparing ourselves to City based on the last couple of, the last month or so, month plus, is just a complete fallacy. You know, we're mm-hmm. on different planets at the minute. And that's not to say United can't try and bridge that gap, but I think we're in danger of losing sight of the fact that City were a better team than us at the start of this season. And we haven't really done enough to suggest over the course of what we've seen from September until March now that we are really in a position to better them at the minute
1: no of course we're not and and nobody is they are on form and, and, and in practice easily the best team in Europe at the moment and and that it just, it just is what it is and it, it frustrates me a little bit that people denigrate the quality of our players which is fine but then have an expectation that we'll be challenging City and or even getting anywhere near City you know which is it Qu- quite clearly the squad is not anywhere near as good as city's is nobody else's is and they're managed by pep guardiola who's one of the best managers of his generation if you think if you think even city were deeply impacted by the fact that they didn't have a pre-season and only had a month off in the summer you know united's united season would have been different if if we'd had a longer break in the summer and hadn't had that that period of I don't know, the first six weeks or so when when we clearly just weren't as fit as the other teams. We lost six one at home to, to, to Spurs because Spurs had been playing Europa League games for about three weeks before we'd even started training.
0: Well we lost three one to Palace on the open day of the season because they were far more ready for the start of the season where we
1: were. Yeah, they were just fitter. They were just fitter. So you know we had we had a period of kind of six weeks at the start of the season where the results were all over the place because of a particular situation that was affecting us, that has obviously fed into our lead, into our league points total now, and you're now getting a period which every other team apart from City are experiencing, where all the players are bollocks because they're playing literally twice. A lot of them are playing twice a week, and have been since September. So that that kind of performance doesn't surprise me, or the kind of spell of more average performances, because why would why would we not be experiencing that? Why on earth would we not be experiencing that? We're not. We're not immune to it. We haven't got Guardiola as manager, and we haven't got the squad that that they've got. I mean, they've got. You know, he's been able to rotate Cancelo and and Carl um, Walker. That's he's got two right backs that are what, pay, he paid more than fifty million for. Um, they've got they've got two world class centre backs. And and another one in John Stones that's that's having a terrific season, and all of them cost more than fifty million quid. Mm. You, you know they've got such depth everywhere that they can, and that system is so ingrained in that team that he can switch players about all over the place, and the performance and the the style and the way they go about the job is exactly the same. United don't have that luxury. You know, Pe- Oli isn't Guardiola, and never will be. But we don't have that luxury in terms of the squad. The squad would be in a better place had had the summer not happened, and the context of it that it was. But Oli can't take out a player and bring in another player with the same characteristics to do the same role. If you look at the if you look at the the replacement in any given position, the replacement that comes in has completely different qualities to the one that went out. You know, you take Martial out and bring Cavani in, they're completely different forwards. You have Greenwood on the right or James on the right. Again, they're completely different players. They don't slot into the same system because they aren't the same players. And a lot of that isn't Ollie's fault. You know, he's got the squad he's got. And I think he would have had, you know, there's, there's a good chance he'd have had Jaden Sancho if, if COVID hadn't happened this last summer. and And that completely changes United's attack it gives United a world-class presence on the right whereas at the moment we're kind of making do with easing Greenwood in out there and or using a guy that we bought from the championship who isn't going to be a top-class player and is really kind of player that should be in the squad and then what have you got after that and you could you can go throughout the, every position and you get the same outcome you take one player out bring another player in that player doesn't have the same characteristics as the last one.
0: I mean, Cy Stoney's made a good point. Simon Stoney in the BBC has made an excellent point here that United, have, because of the EFL Cup and the FA Cup and the Europa League and the Champions League, we have played every single midweek since the first match yeah. other than international breaks. So yeah, it, to use your phrasing, no wonder we're bollocksed. I mean, yeah. there wasn't necessarily that much to pull out from the game against Palace tonight, which I guess is why we've spoken a bit more broadly about why United are currently in this form. And... Nothing about, I wouldn't have assumed anything that we've said here has been a massive revelation. But I do think in particular that the toll of playing football in such circumstances and in this environment is definitely marked. And I'm not necessarily sure we're giving it enough credence and enough thought in terms of how we critique this team at the minute. You know, there wasn't really much to pull out of the game apart from one amazing griata save from Matic when his shot got deflected off McCarthy yeah maguire header that was on target and then cavani tries to flick and just blast it over the bar an excellent save by uh dean henderson from patrick van arnholt in the end uh which was probably by far the best chance of the game surely and fernandez and rashford both uh flash shots wide in the first half but it was a very slow stodgy uh performance from united in particular after the break and i think if we're going to look at what comes next, you know, City away on Sunday. If United, I mean, as our, you know, for a big preview for that game, Rich, as long as we get through it, great. I mean, yeah. I have no expectations of United being able to go out there and get a win purely because of how good City's form currently is and how stodgy United's is. And then then the broader sense, you know, United have got AC Milan, West Ham, there's a lot of games coming up. We've got five more matches between now and the end of the, this current set of fixtures in the international break, which will be a respite for some of these players, but not enough of them because enough, plenty of them will be going off in mm. international duty. So I guess my question to finish off the evening is, what does Oli do with the current cards that he's been dealt? Does he start to use his squad a little bit more and try to find different answers to the problems that are currently being posed? Or does he just try and ride it out as best as he can with what he's got?
1: I think that... <clears throat> I, I said on I said on Twitter after the draw that the Europa League draw was not quite the worst I think Spurs or Arsenal would have been worse but just about the worst draw we could have got because he's going to have to take the Europa League relatively seriously given that we can't be absolutely certain we we're going to get a top 4 place anymore and I think they're the best team left in the draw taking away the fact that a game against a, a tie against the English clubs would be just just a nightmare, anyway, just for just for what it is, and the, and the intensity it would bring and stuff. But he's got so many games. He's got you know City away, Milan at home, West Ham at home, Milan away, Leicester away, Brighton at home, which isn't too bad. But then Spurs Spurs away. He's going to have to make some changes, and I think he will for those Europa League games. He'll, he'll just have to try and get through them. There's no other way around it. United United's fixture list for the rest of the season is just nasty. It's really really nasty. I mean, of just looking through the remaining games that we've got, Brighton and Burnley at home, which you'd reasonably expect us to, to be able to win, and Fulham at home, and the rest are just nasty, <laughs> just horrible. <laughs> the only way we, the only way we get through that is by making making a lot of changes. And I think from from the perspective of Oli and the way that the, the rest of the season is judged, it probably makes sense to to make a lot of changes because p- people are complaining about. About the squad being tired, they're complaining about Oli not making enough changes. If he doesn't, I think he makes a rod for his own back. And that 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 FA Cup game at Leicester as well, I'd I'd fully expect him to to make quite a lot of changes and just hope that we we can hobble through it. Yeah, I mean I don't I don't envy him, but <clears throat> but Oli seems to find a way when things are down to, to to pull us out of the mire, doesn't he? So perhaps it, perhaps it needs Pogba to come back and you know maybe Martial can find a bit of form when he's back from from his injury it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting but I just I just I, I can't I can't bring myself to get really angry if if it doesn't work out because I just do do just think this season's been an absolute nightmare for all of the clubs in Europe and, and United aren't immune from that
0: no no and I do think that if we're going to look at the current fixture list the toll of playing in the Europa League in such A season, I think, is going to be felt even more keenly as we get closer to the end of this season now. Um, Put aside the frustration of the way that we lost to Leipzig and lost to Paris in those last two games, I think the fact that United could have had two midweeks off over the last, well, sorry, not two midweeks off, one midweek off, had we made our way to the court, sorry, the last 16 of the Champions League, you just think having that period to give the players a few days off to rest and just to train without having to worry about a game in three to four days the impact of that in this in this current season i don't think you can overstate how important it could be for united to be starting to have some proper time off and the fact that we're not really going to be allowed on it unless we make some serious concessions as to what we actually want to do with the rest of our season is particularly pressing you know i'm worried i'm worried but i think also as we've been speaking about all night long I guess we reserve the right to change our opinions on this depending on if we actually get absolutely tonked by both AC Milan and City in the next couple of days. There's so much going in around the United mm-hmm. side at the minute and it is difficult to be too angry about it purely because what <laughs> there is a level where I am frustrated by how relatively easy i guess it has been for united to get knocked off their strike, considering that we were doing i guess we were still doing well to win games by the skin of our teeth to a certain degree if you think about fulham and wolves etc and the frustration that we showed some level of ability to get ourselves up and claw our way up to the top of the table and then gift it to city in such easy circumstances is frustrating but again with such circumstances currently at play it is difficult to be too angry about it and Partly for me, I just want to get through this season. As we know, in terms of the way that lockdown is, you know, there is a roadmap, at least, a quote-unquote roadmap in Britain in terms of what happens next. Mm. By the time we get round to next season, we could be seeing some number of fans back in the stadium. And I think that'll have a real, tang- real tangible effect on football in general. Obviously, we've got the uh, European Championship to factor into the equation as well, because Lord knows football stops for no one. Yeah. Um, I mean, that pulls into a whole broader picture of you know, the way that we are flogging players as is at the moment and expecting such levels of competition from them in such incredible circumstances. But for now, I guess we'll uh, is look forward the right term for City. I mean, again, you know, uh, can you see anything other than a very stodgy evenings, in well, sorry, intense afternoons work at the Etihad at this stage, given their current form?
1: No, they've won, was it 22 games in a row? no. <laughs> That you know, it it would be an enormous turn up for the books if United or anybody got anything out of a game. Yes, you had at the moment when we went there and won two one last season. They were in good form, and that was something of a surprise. But I think if we were to get anything there this season, that would be even even more of a shock, just because they're playing on a level above any other club in in the world at the moment.
0: I mean, just to give everyone a picture of how bored Rich has been during this podcast, he is literally tweeting in the middle of this recording.
1: Well, I was, I was, I was I, I, but I am able to multitask. <laughs>
0: I mean, you're normally watching at least one game in the middle of this recording. And to be fair, considering that we've had three nil-nils to discuss for the yeah. first time in about five years, I can't fucking blame you. Right, let's leave it there for this week, Rich.
1: Yeah, I'll say it's a pleasure. It was. It's always a pleasure to speak
0: to you. Oh yeah, I mean, hearing your dulcet tones has been arguably the highlight of my football watching or discussing evening, as it always is. Yeah, absolutely. Ditto. Unless Bruno smacks one in, guys. Thank you so much for listening as well. Much appreciated as always, even though we haven't necessarily had many good tidings or indeed goals to bring you this week. Maybe there'll be something better happening at the weekend. Who knows? But in the meantime, you can get us all over Twitter. Should you so wish to, you can get me at you and like this Richard at Rich Red Voices and the pod at Red Voices MUSC. Don't forget if you are using a podcast app that allows any rate or subscription or reviews, we would be hugely grateful for any single one of those because it absolutely helps us in terms of getting out some more listeners. But in the meantime, please make sure you're drinking lots of water and taking care of yourself and we will see you very soon. Take care. Bye.